Back Blue Shirts fans to episode number 129 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off of your first order. And today, we got to start with the big news obviously, that the AHL season has been canceled. That includes the postseason as well. And This is the first time since the AHL's inception in 1936 that we will not get to award the Calder Cup to a league champion. And yes, that even includes the 2004-2005 campaign when the NHL did not have a season due to a lockout. Uh, The Philadelphia Phantoms won the AHL championship that season. So even with no NHL, there was still AHL hockey that year. And it's, it's definitely unfortunate. You know, obviously, there's a lot of pro sports leagues losing a lot of money right now and not able to continue and complete their seasons. And the AHL is no exception. And from the fans' perspective, it's really unfortunate as well because minor league hockey is awesome. It's always a lot of fun to kind of see the stars of tomorrow competing today, if you will. Uh, Anybody who went to the Hartford Wolfpack earlier this season got to see guys like Igor Shesterkin and Ryan Lingren. And the Hartford Wolfpack were having a really nice season. They had slumped a little bit recently, but... They nevertheless were still in line for a playoff berth, and minor league hockey can be a lot of fun. You know, I'll, I'll check out the Rangers at the Garden any day of the week, but, you know, you go to a minor league hockey game, There's it's typically going to be quite a bit less money. You're going to spend less money on the tickets, less money on the refreshments, less money on the parking, and you're probably going to have a better seat in the arena for, for quite a bit less money. I mean, you know, I love the Garden, don't get me wrong, love going to see the Rangers play there, but you're going to spend for the nosebleed section about what you would spend maybe for a lower level area with the Wolfpack. And with the cancellation of the season, you know, there's all this chatter on social media. You know, is the NHL going to be right behind the AHL? Is the NHL going to cancel its season as well? And the thing that continues to kind of just confuse me a little bit is everybody keeps saying how, oh, man, the NHL, they they really have to make a decision here. They really have to make up their mind if there's going to be a season or not. No, they don't. Look, I get it. You know, people kind of want some some resolution to this whole situation. People would like to know. The players would like to know. The owners, everybody involved with hockey would like to know if there's going to be a rest of the season. But given what's going on right now, I think the prudent thing to do is you, you just continue to play the waiting game and you hopefully get to a point, whether that's next week or next month or whatever it might be, where you can look at the risk versus reward. I, look, you're never going to completely eliminate the risk. You take a risk anytime you cross the street, but I think the NHL wants to get it to a point where the risk is as minimized as possible, and hopefully the players can get on board with some kind of a playoff tournament or whether that also includes uh, finishing the regular season, but I don't think that any decision needs to be made now. I think you continue to wait this out. Hopefully the pandemic uh, goes in a positive direction where you know there are fewer and fewer cases and we're getting closer and closer to putting this thing behind us and then it seems like empty arenas is probably also the way to go because you know you let fans into the arenas and obviously that's a huge gathering and you know you don't want this thing to start back up again so you know again I'm completely on board with the NHL's uh, wait and see kind of strategy that they seem to have employed right now it kind of seems to be what a lot of the other leagues are doing the NBA included Uh, certainly MLB I know there's been some talk about you know, an 80-game schedule, 
and that seems possible to, to start in July there. But I don't think any of us want to see a situation where the NHL cancels the season today and then two weeks later, uh, things look a lot better and a lot more promising as far as the pandemic is concerned. And then all of a sudden you kind of realize, the NHL realizes, oh, wow, we actually really could have finished the season here. So again, there's no reason to jump to a conclusion here to make a decision before it needs to be made. And again, I think you just play the waiting game. Health and safety of the players and the fans and everybody else, that comes first. But if you get to a situation where you feel like this risk is is severely, severely minimized, then, hey, you know, we can finish this season and we can get ourselves a Stanley Cup champion and we can have some fun with the 2014 playoff tournament if that's the route that the NHL chooses to go down. So, yeah, I mean, to me, just just continue to wait it out, see what happens, and fingers crossed that we can finish the season, but not at the risk of anyone's health and safety. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Now that the AHL season has officially been canceled, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Wolfpack. Uh, they got off to an outstanding start this season. They had slumped a little bit recently. In fact, they had won just two of their previous 10 games before the season was paused and was ultimately canceled, but they still were in fourth place in the Atlantic Division with a record of 31-26-5. That's wins, losses, overtime losses, and shootout losses. So 31 wins, 20 losses, six overtime losses, five shootout losses. And, you know, that was still good enough for the playoffs. Even though they'd been slumping lately, they still were going to be a playoff team because the way it works in the AHL is the top four teams in every division, all four divisions, make the postseason, and then you get a 16-team playoff tournament. So the Wolfpack, they had 73 points. The fifth-place team, the team behind them, the team that would have had to have taken the playoff spot away from them is the Springfield Thunderbirds. They have 65 points. So it was still looking like the Wolfpack were going to be a playoff team. I mean, obviously, they were going to have to start winning some games there at some point. But certainly, they still had the inside track, you know, an eight-point lead over the next team behind them. Uh, So it's unfortunate. You know, it would have been fun to see the Wolfpack in the postseason. And full disclosure, I have not been to a Wolfpack game in, in very many years, but I was fully intending this season, if and when they made the playoffs, to get to at least one game, if not multiple games, because it's really not that hard to get to. Uh, Hartford's only about an hour away from me, and it's a fairly easy trip as well. And hey, minor league hockey's awesome. You know, I mentioned that in the intro. It, it's a lot of fun to see live. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of players that are hungry. Every now and then you get somebody who's kind of looking to make it to the NHL as kind of an enforcer type, although that's probably waned in recent years as enforcers kind of go the way of the dodo bird. But nevertheless, I mean, guys, they want to make an impact. They want to stand out in one way or another. And you see that. You see these guys playing with this desperation, uh, knowing that they're just one step away from the NHL and achieving a dream or getting back to the NHL in some cases as well. 
And since we now know for sure that the AHL season is canceled, I figure we might as well go ahead and talk about some of the biggest contributors to the Wolfpack's success this season. And that's another thing, too. You know, this is the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, after all. But if you guys want to hear more about the Wolfpack next season or less about the Wolfpack next season or about the same, uh, just let me know because, you know, I'm willing to, you know, dive in a little bit deeper about the Wolfpack or, you know, pull back the reins a little bit if you want me to go in that direction as well. Uh, you know, there were times this season where we, we talked about what was going on in Hartford, but for the most part, you know, we stayed pretty locked in on the Rangers, and certainly we're going to talk about the Rangers more than the Wolfpack, but like I said, if anybody wants to next season hear a little bit more about the Wolfpack, just let me know, and we'll break down some of their games as well and talk about, you know, what's going on with that team, who might be called up to the Rangers, and anything else like that, who's having, you know, an AHL all-star caliber season, and basically anything else surrounding the Wolfpack. So just let me know if you guys want more Wolfpack, less Wolfpack, or about the same, and we can make that adjustment next season. But as for this season, the one that just got canceled, uh, we've got Vinny Letary leading the way for the Wolfpack as far as points are concerned. 25 goals and 22 assists in 61 games, a total of 47 points. And Vinny Letary, you know, a guy who's been up with the Rangers uh, a couple of times over the past few seasons. He, in 2018-2019, skated in 27 games with the Rangers, and in 2017-2018, skated in 19 games. Somewhat surprisingly, he had yet to make his season debut for the Rangers this year. You know, he'd kind of been up and down from the AHL and the NHL and back and forth the last couple of seasons. Had yet to don the Ranger blue this season, but if the NHL does ultimately unpause its season, it's at least possible that we see Letary uh, back up with the Rangers again, having a very nice season, at least as far as points are concerned. And, you know, I don't get to see every single Hartford Wolfpack game. Uh, there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so much hockey that you can watch. But, you know, leading the way, and if you need another scoring threat, uh, Letary might be your guy. And another thing Letary has going for him is he can play center or wing. So that versatility always helps you uh, when you're trying to break through in the NHL. If you can play multiple positions, that can only work to your benefit, and it can only work to the benefit of the team overall. Because you know the Rangers have a couple of guys. You know, Brett Howden, uh, Philip Hedel, they can play both center and the wing, and Vinny Letary, another guy there. And another thing that Letary has going in his favor is if he's going to play center. I still think center might be the position where the Rangers are thinnest. Now, obviously, you've got Mika Zibanejad, superstar. What else needs to be said? You've got Ryan Strom, and, you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of this season. And I hope the Rangers bring Ryan Strom back because he's quickly become one of my favorite players. He has clicked seamlessly with Artemi Panarin. And, you know, I've mentioned this before, too. Obviously, Artemi Panarin has elevated Ryan Strom a little bit, but let's also keep in mind, Artemi Panarin is having the best season of his career as well. So, hey, it takes two to tango, right? And, and you know, Ryan Strom might be helping Artemi Panarin more than some of us realize. Artemi Panarin's going to be a superstar no matter who you put him out there on the ice with, but he's done better things this season. He's put up more gaudy numbers this season than he ever has in his career, and he's doing it with Ryan Strom and also Jesper Foss. So Ryan Strom might be more valuable to this team than a lot of people realize. But regardless, those are the top two centers for the Rangers. Beyond that, it gets a little thin. You know, you've got Brett Howden centering the third line right now. Uh, Philip Hedl is an option when he's healthy. You know, he could play center. And you've got Greg McKaig on the fourth line. So there seem to be some openings for the, the taking there. And it's entirely possible that Vinny Letary would be the next man up, uh, you know, if the Rangers are looking to add a little more firepower, a little bit more scoring prowess this season. You know, it's funny with Letary because you never really hear him as, like, at or near the top of Ranger prospects, but 
hey, the numbers are what they are, man. He, he's lit it up for the Wolfpack this season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Letary, uh get another shot with the Rangers. And again, he's already skated in 46 games with the Rangers over the last two seasons. Uh, just two goals and six assists. But he's still just 25 years old. Maybe something clicks. Maybe he gets out there and, you know, starts putting up some points with the Rangers as he's done with the Wolfpack if the season unpauses. And it's funny, you look at some of the individual stats for the players on the Wolfpack, and there's really not that much offensive firepower, at least in terms of points per game. As we just said, you know, Vinny Letary leading the way, 47 points in 61 games, and it makes you realize just how important Igor Shosturkin was to this team. Uh, again, putting up the video game-like numbers, uh, sub-two goals against average all season with the Wolfpack. Uh, the second leading scorer on the Hartford Wolfpack is Danny O'Regan. He has 38 points in 62 games. Uh, that's not terrible or anything like that, but I mean, that's your second leading scorer. It, it just kind of makes you realize how important Shosturkin was and, and that this team tended to win uh, low scoring games rather than, you know, big time shootouts. And O'Regan, you know, I don't really think the Rangers see him as that much of a long-term prospect. I think he's one of those guys that kind of gives you organizational depth because he's kind of kicked around the league a little bit uh, in the NHL. He has played for the Sharks and the Buffalo Sabres played in 25 career NHL games, one goal and four assists, but he made his debut back in 2016-2017 with the Sharks, two seasons with San Jose, and then just two seasons with Buffalo, and, and just three games in those two seasons with the Sabres. So given that he's 26 years old, I mean, it's not ancient by any stretch of the imagination, don't get me wrong, but you know, it, it just seems like he's somebody who's a little bit of a veteran, somebody who could step in and at least know what he's doing at the NHL level if the Rangers won. He's somebody that the Rangers might call up if there's like a short-term injury to somebody and somebody that can just kind of fill the void for a few games. And then once the injury is healed, you send him back down. This isn't seemingly the, the guy that you call up to really ignite the team and really give you a spark. This is the guy that's just kind of a placeholder and one of those fringe NHL, AHL players. Uh, but yeah, he's second on the Wolfpack uh, with those 38 points. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, if the season unpauses, does he at some point get a call up? And Stephen Fogarty right behind O'Regan, he's got 13 goals and 24 assists in 54 games with the Wolfpack, 37 points total. Fogarty this season skated in seven games with the Rangers. He, over the last three years, has skated in 18 games with the Rangers. Uh, no points in any of those games. For the Wolfpack, however, Fogarty, like we said, third on the team with 37 points, uh, 13 goals, and 24 assists in 54 games. Not too shabby, but, you know, again, he's gotten a little bit of a chance with the Rangers. Not that 17 games is that much, but zero points in that time, mostly skating on the fourth line. I get the feeling, you know, Stephen Fogarty, 27 years old at this point, the Rangers, it's kind of the same thing with O'Regan. They probably just see him as organizational depth, somebody that you could plug into the lineup for a few games, and he's not really going to cause the boat to sink or swim, really. He's just going to kind of do his job. And Fogarty, I thought, looked fine the few games that we saw him this year for the Rangers. But certainly, there are guys on the Wolfpack that have uh, quite a bit more upside than he does, including Vitali Kravtsov. And Kravtsov, one of the biggest prospects in the Ranger organization, still just 20 years old, but he was the ninth overall pick by the Rangers in the 2018 NHL draft. And it's funny, you know, you look back at some articles that were written earlier this season, and you can see some of the Rangers' biggest prospects. You know, NHL.com has an article here, the top five prospects for the Rangers entering this season. Capo Caco was number one. Uh, Vitali Krasov was number two. Igor Shosturkin was number three. Adam Fox, number four. And Keandre Miller, number five. So three of those guys have already stuck at the NHL level in a big way. And two of them, uh, Shosturkin and Fox, are, are just playing some incredible hockey. Uh, Caco will get there as well. He's going to benefit greatly, I think, from, you know, an offseason because he's basically just been playing hockey nonstop for about a year and a half. But 
Vitaly Kravtsov, number two on this list, ahead of guys like Igor Shesterkin and Adam Fox. Obviously, that doesn't guarantee anything, but it does certainly indicate that the Rangers are very high on Kravtsov, and I think at some point we will eventually see Kravtsov, maybe not necessarily this season, because to be fair, you know, Kravtsov hasn't exactly lit it up at the AHL, at least as far as points are concerned, just six goals and nine assists in 39 games. But, you know, the Rangers really like him. They didn't take him number nine overall to have him play on the Wolfpack from now until the end of time, and at some point, whether it's this year, you know, first of all, the season has to unpause and get going again. But if that doesn't happen, uh, perhaps we see Kraft's off at some point next year, especially if the Rangers are really looking for a spark, an offensive spark. You know, we talked about, and this is the difference between guys like Vitali Krasov, who's who's a big-time prospect, and then guys like Danny O'Regan and Stephen Fogarty. They're fine players, but they're ma- mainly just organizational depth, whereas Kravtsov, you would call him up not just to fill in for a couple of games on the fourth line. You know, If you call up Kravtsov, you are looking for points, you are looking for an impact, and I, I think he would at least be a top-nine forward if the Rangers choose to go down that route, because I don't see what the point is of calling up a prospect and then having him play you know, seven or eight minutes a night on the fourth line. Uh, we don't need Leas Anderson all over again, so I, I think the Rangers probably learn their lesson there. And if you do call up Kravtsov, make sure you've got a role for him. Make sure that he's going to be put in a position where he can succeed. All right, so in our last episode, we mentioned that the Locked On theme for the week is what-ifs, the biggest what-ifs in your franchise's history, and certainly the Rangers no exception to any team in pro sports, even college sports. Uh, There's always what-ifs. You know, what if we drafted this guy instead of that guy, and what if we made this trade? What if we didn't make that trade? What if we just won that one game in that playoff series from whatever year? Uh, There's a million different things you can look at, and you know, just wonder how history could have been different if certain events had played out in different ways, and I had plan to spend this entire episode doing more Ranger what-ifs, but I wasn't banking on the fact that uh, the AHL was going to cancel its season. So obviously we had to talk about that news. We had to talk about the Wolfpack a little bit as well, but I figure we can wrap up today just doing a couple more of these what-ifs, and then this theme is actually going to continue into next week, so we'll have some more to talk about next week as well. But for starters, I wanted to talk a little bit about the 1979 uh, New York Rangers team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals and was defeated by the Montreal Canadiens in five games. Now, this was seven years before I was born, so obviously I didn't get to live through this. I didn't get to experience this uh, in the way that some of you guys may have. And I will say, though, that a lot of you guys are very, very fond of this 1979 team. And a lot of you have reached out to me on Twitter through DMs and whatnot and, you know, just kind of talked about, you know, what a fun ride this was, what a fun experience this was. I kind of get the feeling that it might be a little bit like the 2014 Rangers, you know, the team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, unexpectedly and lost to the Kings. But, you know, the Rangers, 1979, I'm trying to get a little bit better of a feel for it. I've been watching some clips on YouTube, just kind of reading about the team a little bit. I'm sure there's some books. Maybe I can get my hands on those as well and just kind of find out a little bit more about this 1979 squad because, like I said, it was before my time. And it's hard when, when you don't live through it to, to kind of, um, you know, come to the party late, so to speak, and just try to get caught up on everything that happened uh, with this 1979 team. But definitely an intriguing run. Uh, The Rangers, you know, finished fourth in the NHL that season. They open up the playoffs in the preliminary round, which is a best of three, which, you know, I've already said my piece on that. A best of three is a little bit ridiculous for hockey or really any uh, pro sport to, to 
you know, I mean, play a series. Play a series and, and determine who truly is the better team, who truly wants it more. But the Rangers, nevertheless, they sweep the LA Kings in the first round, two games to none. They take down the Flyers. Actually, they just dominated the Flyers in the quarterfinals. Obviously, they, they lose game one, but then they win four in a row. They take down the Flyers in five games. And then the series that everybody seems to love to reminisce about, and that is, of course, the semifinal matchup against the New York Islanders and the Rangers win that one in six games to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, certainly an upset. The Islanders had the best record in the NHL that season. But now you got to go up against the three-time defending Stanley Cup champion Montreal Canadiens in the finals. I believe there were 11 Hall of Famers on this Montreal Canadiens team. You know, it's crazy. Every now and then you'll you'll see one of these super teams, whatever sport it might be, and they've got all these all-star players on it. And you're like, oh, man, that, that whole team, it's just an all-star lineup over here. They had a Hall of Fame lineup. And the Rangers actually steal game one on the road in Montreal. They win that game four to one. And then they lose the next two. So they're down two games to one. Game four is in the garden. And my big what if here is what if the Rangers would have scored in game four of overtime here against the Canadians? Now, look, I don't think too many of us can argue against the fact that the Canadians simply had a better team than the Rangers. Again, it was a Hall of Fame team. They had won the last three Stanley Cups. But, you know, the, the best team doesn't always win. We see upsets in sports all the time, right? So what would have happened if the Rangers had scored that overtime goal there in Game 4? From a literal sense, we know that the series would have been tied at 2-2, two to two, but what does that do to this series, the whole dynamic going forward? Because now it's 2-2 two to two going back to Montreal. There's pressure on the Canadians. they got to kind of hold serve at home there, if you will. And, you know, maybe the Rangers can pull off the impossible and, and take down this Hall of Fame lineup. i got to be honest with you guys, and again, I did not live through this, but everything that I've seen points to the Canadians still probably winning this series. They were just better, and sometimes it really just comes down to that when one team is just better than the other. Uh, you have to expect that they're eventually going to win, uh, but it would have been fun to see the Rangers try. It would have been fun to see the Rangers make that series 2-2, two to two, have the Canadians at least sweating it out a little bit. And at that point, hey, it's two games to two. Worst case scenario, you're still going to get another home game because, yes, game five is going to be in Montreal. Uh, regardless of what happens there, though, you're going back to Madison Square Garden for game six. So, yeah, I mean, at, at that point, you're guaranteed that this series against this this high-powered Hall of Fame Montreal Canadiens team is going to go at least six games. So it certainly would have been fun to see the Rangers try at least have a chance to basically do the impossible and knock off this team. And Game 4 was crazy. You know, I, again, I've been watching some clips on YouTube, and the way Game 4 ended, some of you might remember this. Some of you are probably hearing about this for the first time. But the Canadians actually scored the overtime game winner. Uh, there was a shot from the blue line, just a rifle, and it deflected off the Ranger defenseman's stick and went into the net, but it, it immediately bounced out, and the referee just never saw the puck go into the net. So there's eventually a play stoppage. I think there was an offside, and, you know, the Canadians are yelling at the referee, hey, we, ju we just won that game, you know, that puck was in the net, and, you know, no replay back then, so they couldn't look at it, and the game continues. It should have been over. The Canadians should have won right there. And if you're looking for a reason why this truly was a Hall of Fame team and why they were so tough, uh, look no further than this because the puck was not back in play for more than a minute before the Canadians uh, scored the game winner and just won the game anyway, took a 3-1 to series lead, and then concluded the series back in Montreal in Game 5, beating the Rangers four games to one. But looking back, you know, and kind of learning more and more about this 1979 team, it's becoming more and more clear to me uh, why you guys uh, have such affection for this squad. You know, it really was kind of an underdog team, and they had a chance against the Canadians. I mean, hey, you score an overtime there in Game 4, and it's 2-2 two to two against one of the best hockey teams that we've ever seen. So, unfortunate that the Canadians 
one, but yeah, it's it's tough not to wonder, hey, what if the Rangers would have won game four? What if they would have scored in overtime there? Could they have gone on to stun the Canadians and win the series? And again, everything I know, everything I've kind of been learning about both of these teams tells me the Canadians probably still would have found a way to get it done, but would have been fun to see the Rangers give it a shot. And the only other what if I'm going to do today, and we'll end with this one here, it's one that my wife wanted me to do, and she was a huge Matt Zuccarello fan, still is a huge Matt Zuccarello fan, but obviously she wishes, just like a lot of us do, that Matt Zuccarello was still on the Rangers. And she asked me, what if the Rangers had not traded Matt Zuccarello? The short answer, he would be the Rangers captain right now. I really do believe that because he would have seniority. He'd be, you know, one of the older players on the team anyway. Uh, He just kind of embodied the spirit of the New York Rangers when he was there. And, you know, it's not like he put up Hall of Fame, incredible, gaudy numbers every single season. With Matt Zuccarello, it went beyond that. You know, he's always one of the smallest guys out there on the rink, but he didn't back down from anybody, man. If if there was a tussle after a play and a huge pushing and shoving match, uh, he was sticking his nose in there along with the rest of his teammates. And, you know, just a great player. You know, he, he seemed to mesh with anybody that he shared the ice with. I don't ever remember, you know, seeing certain line mates that he just didn't, uh, have instant chemistry with. You know, he, he was a great facilitator. He put it on a tee for guys. Really just did a fantastic job, and it didn't take long for Ranger fans to really fall for Matt Zuccarello. Just one of the most beloved Rangers over the last decade. Really, you could even maybe say ever, and I realize I wasn't around for a lot of these these Ranger teams that went on Stanley Cup runs, uh, at least making it to the finals and all that, but Yeah, I mean, since I've been watching the Rangers, one of the most universally beloved players that I can remember, and I really think he'd be the Ranger captain right now. You know, if they had—it's funny, too, because you basically have a choice. Do we trade this guy and, you know, continue the rebuild or or essentially jumpstart the rebuild, or do we find a way to extend him and make him one of our leaders and probably our captain? So it's one of two extremes. Either he's off the team or he's the team captain. And I think that if the Rangers had not traded Matt Zuccarello— Yes, he would probably be wearing the C right now. As far as what the Rangers got in return for Zuccarello, and and for anyone who needs a refresher, uh, they sent him to the Dallas Stars on February 23rd, 2019, in exchange for a 2019 conditional second-round pick and a 2020 conditional third-round pick. Now, that second-round pick would have become a first-rounder if Dallas had won two playoff series. They did not. And the third also would have become a first if the Stars had re-signed Matt Zuccarello. They did not. So, yeah, 2019 second-round pick, 2020 third-round pick. For 2019, with that second-round pick, the number 49 overall pick in the draft, the Rangers selected Matthew Robertson, a defenseman, and he is still just 19 years old. And our good friend Vince Mercagliano, you know, he's been on the show a couple times here. He does a phenomenal job uh, covering the Rangers for USA Today, as well as some other publications. He has Robertson ranked as the number 7 overall prospect for the Rangers Six foot four, big kid, you know, and the Rangers like him. They think his upside is as a top four defenseman at the NHL level. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, the book's still out, but so far, so good. It, it sounds like the Rangers uh, really feel like they hit with that pick. And so, obviously, if the Rangers didn't make the Zuccarello trade, uh, Matthew Robertson wouldn't be here. But fingers crossed that it works out and Robertson becomes a really, really good player for the Rangers because you don't want to give away a guy like Matt Zuccarello and not have the return assets uh, work out in the long run. You, you, you want to be able to hit on those draft picks that you acquired in exchange for a beloved player such as Matt Zuccarello. And as far as 2020, the third-round pick, we don't know yet because the 2020 NHL draft has not happened yet. So, obviously, we'll see what the Rangers do there. Uh, but it'll be interesting to follow over the years. You know, does Matthew Robertson eventually turn into— 
you know, a top-of-the-line big-time defenseman for the Rangers? And do they do something worthwhile with the third-round pick in 2020? Only time will tell. Uh, and as far as Zuccarello goes, you know, it's hard. It's hard to always, you know, say goodbye to a player like that who just leaves all of his blood, sweat, and tears on the ice. Obviously, a guy who was uh, involved in some very deep playoff runs for the Rangers playing in the Stanley Cup finals in 2014. Uh, but, you know, that's just the nature of the business. You know, the Rangers decided that they wanted to rebuild, and that's what they did. And part of that rebuild was uh, moving on from Matt Zuccarello and, you know, acquiring some draft picks in exchange for him. And part of it also is, you know, a team that's rebuilding. You know, Matt Zuccarello was getting to the other side of 30, and Zuccarello ended up signing a five-year, $30 million deal with the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, you look at the Rangers situation, you know, could they have given him that kind of money? Maybe Matt Zuccarello would have even taken a little bit less money to remain with the Rangers. It's possible. I don't want to act like giving Matt Zuccarello that contract would have killed the Rangers and handcuffed them for years and years and years to come. It's nothing like that. But again, it's a team that was looking to rebuild. Matt Zuccarello was 31 years old when he was traded. They wanted to get some assets for him in exchange for him. And here's another thing. If the Rangers had re-signed Zuccarello, then we probably would have had to say bye to Kreider at the deadline this season. I'm not so sure the Rangers, again, the NHL salary cap is tight, and I'm not so sure the Rangers would have been able to afford to give the kind of money to both those guys that they ended up getting. And I think between the two, you probably want Kreider. Kreider's a little bit younger, a uh, little bit more of a complete all-around player, I would say. And, you know, Zuccarello, again, you know, with the Wild, he, he's having a nice season. He has 15 goals and 22 assists in 65 games. So maybe his production is dipped just a little bit. But I think with the Rangers, you know, they wanted to just get the rebuild going, and, and trading Zuccarello was, was the way to do it. So... Yeah, it's tough. It was tough to say goodbye to Matt Zuccarello. It was tough to say goodbye to all those players. But, man, somebody with the heart and hustle of Matt Zuccarello, uh, always tough to see them playing on another team. But at least it's with the Wild, and, you know, we don't have to see him playing with teams like the Devils or the Penguins or the Bruins or whoever else in the Eastern Conference. And Zuccarello even mentioned he wanted to sign with a Western Conference team because he didn't want to have to go back uh, to Madison Square Garden multiple times a season. And so, you know, that kind of guided his thinking as far as, you know, why he wanted to sign with a Western Conference team rather than an Eastern Conference team. But yeah, I mean, if, if Zuccarello was still here, I think he's the captain right now because he would have seniority on this team. And, you know, they don't have a captain right now. I think ultimately it's probably going to either be uh, Kreider or Zibanejad before next season. But if Zuccarello was here, I think he'd already be wearing the C. But that's going to do it for today. If you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And again, guys, thanks for you know sticking with me, continuing to tune into this podcast during these bizarre times that we're living in right now. It uh, really does mean a lot. And you know, hopefully you'll continue to do so, and hopefully we get some more hockey this season just not at the expense of anyone's health and safety. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.